everybody. Welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I'm your host, Chris Cosentino. We are here to talk about people that inspire. And all my guests are inspiring in so many different ways. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into how they got to where they are, to the top of their game, how hard they've worked, how much they've given up, and how they're giving back. So without further ado, here's our next guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I am here with Chef Naisha Arrington. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So you and I have known each other for a, a long time. We go back from events and so forth. I mean, you whooped my ass on TO, TOT2. <laughs> Did I? Um, <laughs> so different I, cooking on TV. <laughs> but I... I you know, and, and you're doing so many things, right? You're, 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 you're based in, in LA. You now, I mean, God, you're doing so much fun stuff. And, and I really want people to understand where you came from and how it all started, because you've got some big names on that resume and some really hard knock folks that you've worked with in the past that I think, to be quite frank, would scare the living shit out of most folks <laughs> to go work for yeah, I, I would um, say that I agree with that. Um, it's definitely been a, uh, a journey, as they say. Um, and, you know, I'll, I think best place to start is sort of um, through the lens of a kind of macro scope. Um, I think in any, um, we'll call it a North Star of an idea, right, a goal, um, it is important to understand what that goal is. And I want to be very clear when I say, um, for me, my goal to get to where I am today started when I was very young, before I walked in the kitchen, before I was in, in my adolescent stages of life. And um, it started in my formidable years of being a kid, right? I grew up playing team sports. I uh, was in martial arts and I, I knew if, if nothing else, I, I, I really relished this idea of freedom and I relished this idea of success, quote unquote, and whatever that meant. And, and, and I, I knew that I always wanted options, right? And I, and I was always willing to put in the work no matter knowing what the finish line would look like or when that would come. Or will it ever come, actually? I'm not too sure. Um, and so I, I consider myself a very right brain thinker. I'm a creative. And I definitely understand analytics through um, food. And so, you know, when I look back on my life, um, being a chef, it was destined for me. You know, I... I grew up cooking with my grandmother. She would pull me into the kitchen every opportunity possible. Um, I remember when I was nine years old. I mean, I've told this story so many times, but it's, you know, you kind of think back on your life journey and there's a few bullet points. And those are, the, you know, one is cooking with my grandmother. Two is standing in my parents' kitchen. And I specifically remember thinking, I want to have a restaurant one day because I just enjoyed feeding people. I, I'd have my friends come over and always be like making these little soups and like concoctions in the kitchen. And I called 
uh, my restaurant, A plus one good restaurant. And I remember like writing a piece of paper and like showing my dad and I was like, and I was like, I want it to be, I wanted to like celebrate people, like not just my culture, but like just the human race. And like every day it'll be a different like ethnic origin. And I remember telling my dad this at nine years old. He's like, you know, what do you want to call it? And I said, A plus one good restaurant. And he laughed his fucking ass off. And Chris, I'll tell you the first day, you know, fast forward to 2014 or 15, and, you know, I come from a blue collar family. My parents don't eat degustation menus and all of this and the fine dining background that I come from. But I remember specifically my dad sat at my chef's table and he looked around in my first restaurant, Leona, and he looked up and he had a tear in his eye and he said, you know, Naisha, you did the thing that you said you were going to do when you were nine years old. And it was such a beautiful pivotal moment in my life because I mean that was the moment for me where it could have all ended you know um and I say that because I mean the relentless uh discipline that it takes to just keep your head down and work and try to learn every facet of your craft is uh is an impeccable journey you know, and it takes one of, it takes selflessness to attain your, your dreams at times, right? It takes sleepless nights of like not knowing the answers and, um, and it takes being humble, you know? And so um, I suppose that's a sort of long-winded um, answer to say, um, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think here I, think I am. That that's, I think that that's actually really, really like not a lot of people can pinpoint those moments. Yes. That moment when you said to your parents, "This is what I want to do," right? Yes. Like people don't always have that aha moment. And I think you've said a couple really key words: humble, not knowing, and craft. Yeah, those are those are like. The moment you learn to be humble is the moment you really learn to excel in your craft. And when you don't know something, when you're uncomfortable, that's when you're learning. Right? 100%. 100%. And I think those moments are scary. Right? They're scary. Absolutely. And we don't, and but we're not supposed to be scared, right? In that industry. In the food service industry, we are not supposed to be scared. We are supposed to be brazen and strong and, and stand up and, and because it is so aggressive. We are in, I would say, the hospitality industry, the restaurant dinner service rush is as aggressive, powerful, and as stressful as an emergency room. Chris, it is 100%. And I say that chefs are a certain archetype of human. We are equal parts, like a mechanic, like a doc, a surgeon, right? A craftsman or woman, like absolutely, absolutely. It is that meticulous. It is that methodical. It is that, um, you know, we use the fancy term, means and plus mindset or whatever, everything in its place. But it, it is so important to have the tools and the structure behind 
to articulate not only your vision, right, as a cook, if we'll say, if you're, if we're talking about it through that lens, but the vision of the chef, you know, all of these tools and, and different levels that are playing simultaneously, simultaneously, it's like, it's like, it's like, um, it's like a, a, a band, it's a, it's a music that we are creating. And um, it's the most beautiful art form, truly. And I can, and I always kind of experience the world through the lens of being a chef, right? And I will always identify myself. Yes, you know, I I have the title of being a chef, but I am a cook. Like my, I think some of my best memories are being on the line, you know, being in these Michelin kitchens. Yes, they were hard as fucking fuck. They were so hard, right? And there were days that I wanted to give up, but there were also days that were so triumphant in my soul where I could step back and fold my arms and look at my station and know that I'm so dialed that like I could run circles around anything that was thrown at me in service. And it's like, it's such a beautiful feeling to feel like you have this Jedi mindset when you go into service and you can just truly create this symphony of magic and it's and I think that's ultimately what the guest is able to feel you know and and it's a it's a beautiful ballet I like to call it the flow 100% absolutely the flow um and then when you're working next to that teammate in the kitchen and you have the dance when you're work and you don't even need to talk and you can work like just flow or I mean those moments are powerful right impeccable Right. And it's like, absolutely. You know, you said, just said mise en place. You think about a surgeon or a doctor that's at, in that emergency room. They've got their tray of gear. They've got their plus too. They're ready for anything to go down. Right. And it's like, it's the same thing. It's just a different term. Absolutely. It's absolutely. It's ultimately just being prepared. Absolutely. And, it, you know, and, and it's in these days, it's like, now I'm asking myself, like, how am I more so preparing my life tools? I think at, you know, in my twenties and my thirties, it was like, that's like, that was my lens of focus. And now it's like, when we talk about being prepared, it's like, how much water did I drink today? Did I like move my body? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. The creaks and cracks are starting to catch up from bending down and opening that oven. Oh man. Carrying all that floss and moving up and downstairs. Oh, it definitely. Tell me about it. Oh, tell so me about it. tell me about your first kitchen position, your first job. I mean, you know, it, I think that is always, it's a very interesting conversation piece because everybody's got a unique one, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone does. So I was in culinary school and um, the first day, so this was an interesting thing, Chris. Um, I had a sociology teacher um, when I was going for my associate of science degree in culinary arts. And I'm so grateful for this human. Uh, she was a French immigrant. Her father was a chef and she taught sociology. Like amazing funnels of information to be distilled down for me to absorb. And so one of her assignments that she gave to me in the class was to go dine in the restaurant just even the word to, to, to dine, like, you know, how true, put, put this into perspective. I, right? I was 17. 
17 okay. years old. I just graduated high school. Three months after I graduated high school, spent the summer at home, went straight to culinary school. So and dine, dine is a very unique word for a 17 year old. Exactly. I, I was coming out of Taco Bell. I worked at Taco Bell <laughs> in high school and that's all I knew about dining. But I always like had this affinity towards towards the you know I was I would like help my mom set the table and I would like fold the napkins and like set all the you know when she was said set the table or clear the table I would truly like do it in this like hospitable way of like elegant restaurant I don't know I've always had that in me and um, it's so funny I haven't actually thought about that in years but I just remember that like you know just at Thanksgiving just like just pristine and I was like watch like Martha Stewart and all these like amazing curators and I would try to like mimic that in my own little way but that's how I used so, to have trouble actually is that right when I was a kid and then report cards came out oh. and I would like set up the table with like name cards and the whole thing oh, and try to, I love that was it. my way of getting out of trouble it didn't get me out of trouble because the the bad grid the d's and the f's didn't uh go magically disappear off the yes the report yes. card but I tried yes yes <laughs> merit points for sure um, so she, sociology teacher, she assigned us to dine in a restaurant. And so, um, you know, I picked one that was closest to the school because I was freaking driving two hours to go to culinary school in the mornings and going back. I was staying with my parents at the time. And so I went after class and I went to a restaurant called Giraffe. And um, I remember it being very dim and lots of candlelight and you know this sort of um mildly like boisterous room it's like two levels to the restaurant I've never walked into a restaurant like this in my entire life I come from a very blue collar family we're very like basic and um and I felt so awkward that I remember in that moment I was like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and do this and I was so it was thrilling and so um they sat me at this beautiful table and I ordered and the chef came out and was like kind of I'm sure it intrigued 17 year old girl by herself like you know taking little notes and stuff and um so long story short I ended up interning at that restaurant and um gentleman's name is Rafael Lunetta and and so I um I ended up work. I was interning there and going to culinary school at the same time and just sleeping four hours a night, you know, barely keeping my eyes open, getting to class at 6 a.m., working garmage there in the tiniest, most gnarliest kitchen you could imagine, you know, like dish station, garmage one, garmage two, and the hotline in one room, in one room. And so it was like, it was like, a million degrees in that kitchen and so um you know prep was downstairs pastry was downstairs walk-in was downstairs and I just remember I mean I was the only girl in the kitchen and I was just scared every day I was just scared every day like I was like just don't fuck up and so and it and then you know it's hard it's like when your standards are high you know and you're just learning out and it's like I don't know if there's like the correct term is like this hazing thing, but like, you know, the older school kind of picks on the new school kids and it's part of your like cutting your teeth and all of that. So I definitely went through that. And, um, 
but like prevailed, you know, and, and that's kind of been um, a sort of rinse and repeat uh, thing in my life. You know, I go in, I try to set a new goal. Uh, it's hard. I, I climb the hill, I get on top of the hill, set a new goal, right? I, I think that's kind of this weird masochistic, masochistic, how would you say that word? Masochistic. Masochistic. <laughs> thing that I have you know and so or chefs have I'm I'm not sure but um but yeah I remember feeling very um challenged as fuck in that restaurant and very nervous I'd never been in the in 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 an environment that was a fine dining level and so um I started out in garmage and then worked my way to saute and like uh and then eventually worked over the meat and then and then I met Josiah um, through Roth and and Raphael. I mean, he he was my first chef, man. And I I don't know if my life would be the same if I hadn't walked into that kitchen or that that person in sociology class gave me that assignment because Raphael gave, gave me my first surfboard. He got me in the water. I live in Santa Monica, like you know, I just um, an impeccable person. He's just a lovely person. And um, a lot of my life has prevailed because of him and how the chapters unfolded um, through Josiah and then meeting just uh, through Raphael and then meeting Josiah and opening three restaurants with Joe and um, and then getting to work dinner service two weeks ago at Melis. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful journey. It's, it's really amazing. I think that, you know, you talk about these, this like setting goals and climbing the hill and it's all just a search for knowledge. It is, man. And it I, is. And we've all been culinarily, if you're if you're a culinarian and you worked in a restaurant, it's like, okay, you're competing to get off of the station to get to the next station, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's like, a, and then somebody stages and you're like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> who's getting canned, right? Absolutely. Like, right? Those moments. Absolutely. You're like, is that guy really a stage or is he looking for work? Like, is he just here from, <laughs> is he here from New York just to check out what we're doing? You know, and it's, it was always like that. It always felt like that. You were always pushing for the next station, for that bit of knowledge. Like you would all like, and I think now the difference is, and I'm sure you have them just like I do. Cause mine are up in that top corner. Can you see them all right there? Those two. Yes. Shows? Those are all my notebooks from every single job. Yes. Right. Yep. I'm looking at, yep. This, this phone has taken away the idea of writing down notes, which bugs the daylights out of me. Tell me about it. No, you need to be able to draw and, and work the idea out and truly be able to bring that to life. And yeah, I, I say when I'm pointing to the proverbial notebooks I'm... that the listeners cannot see, but there are seven notebooks that I'm staring at. And I just went through three weeks ago um, with a friend of mine who was here. Uh, we went through three ring, three ring binders. Do you remember those? <laughs> I have all of my recipes printed in clear sleeves in three oh ring gosh. binders. I also have them on a giant, you know, what is it? One terabyte drive, but I physically own them yeah. in the binders still. Yeah, same. And so we went through all of them and tried to, you know, just distill them down of duplicates or revisions and things, which was such a cathartic process because I looked at these like 10 binders of 20 years of recipes in different restaurants and finally got got to that point because it's like, yeah, everything's digital now. 
And um, I'm really loving this conversation to like have this recollect, you know, it's like you, you don't know until you get to talk about it. So it's cool. Well, do you have, and I know, I, I guarantee you do, drawings of your station setups. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Everything, Chris, to the dial. Yeah, uh, where you put stove. your spoons. What did you use a teaspoon in that container or did you use a soup spoon or did you use forget about it? Spoon? Forget Everything about it. Everything to the T. Yep. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And that's the that's the artistry. That's the craftsmanship in it and the pride, right? And it's like uh uh, uh that, that that it's like all day for me. Like that mindset, right? And everything reverberates from that mindset, that core ethos. Like if you like you you do quote like sort of sweat the details i think those thoughts can emanate into such bigger thought bubbles right to create bigger goals and and try to attain more you know and i think truly only because of that mindset am i able to sort of set bigger goals and navigate these new rooms that i'm in you know and, and it's always i'm always welcoming of new challenges you know, I mean, we're very fortunate in that we chose an industry that you're forever learning. There's always a culture, a cuisine, a technique to improve who we are and what we do. And I think that that the moment that somebody's so arrogant that they think they know everything is the moment they need to get out of the business. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. That's why I think that's hard. The, it's hard to know it all. Uh, it, it's impossible. Exactly. I mean, food is will be a constant evolution. Absolutely, it's flavor profiles, ingredients, uh, terroir of the earth, right? Like how minute can you take it, right? Like the minerality content and what this onion versus this shallot it's giving in two thousand twenty two versus two thousand twenty three. Like it's all it's all an ever changing process, and you know I think that's one of the beautiful things is to be able to celebrate being a student of life. Like, and that's really why I knew that I wanted to be a chef because I felt, I remember literally rollerblading in my parents' front yard, like in our little driveway or whatever, rollerblading one day. And I was like, what am I gonna do with my life? Cause your parents always ask you like, what mm -hmm. are you gonna do or whatever? And I was like, I was like, for me, I thought like, what is the commonality of like our earth and the human race, you know, like what is the uh, cross section between all of this? And, and for me, I think that's cooking, right? It is, uh, it is, a, it is a humble craft. It is very humble craft to say, I want to serve, right? I, I choose to serve. I choose to honor mother nature. I choose to celebrate the seasons. Like, we are simply a conduit and it's like that dialogue will change for eternity. Like powerful shit, man. It's, it's really, really powerful. And I think I, I'm and to what you're saying. I'll never forget hearing over and over again. Everybody needs to eat. Everybody needs to eat. Right. And it's, then it becomes, well, what is it that we need to eat? Mm. And then what is it that you crave? I want to make food that people crave, mm. right? It becomes fun. It becomes that journey going. And like, like you're saying that constant battle for knowledge, going to the farm, seeing where it comes from, actually commercial fishing, 
really going to see true tiny oysters where you can hold a thousand little oysters in your in the palm of your hand before they go into the like that is what makes what we do special right yeah absolutely absolutely and then and then you get to add in that sort of ethos or journey of that particular human who's creating that food or that art or whatever you want to call it it's like it's so freaking it, there's so much like layers and depth to it because it's like how you view and your perspective and your journey and your energy that you put into it is different from the next person and my and vice versa it's like it's all so powerful because I you know I know there's an argument of like is it art is it not but it's something that gets to live in the soul you know and it's like it's so cool it's such a cool thing to harness and then celebrate and i mean i've heard people say is it nature is it nurture i think it's both mm, mm, mm. i'd have to agree with you absolutely really it's both so you you're at giraffe right and i think yeah. <laughs> i remember i remember that restaurant so well do so you i remember meeting I remember wow. Raphael and Josiah together, right? I met them together at an event. Wow. Uh, I mean, I remember those times. Like I, and you know, I was on the East coast when that restaurant opened. So wow. I mean, it was hitting big and everybody was talking about it. I mean, we had food arts back then and that's where we were learning about who was who. And oh my who, gosh. Remember who was, hot, who was doing what? Dang. And, we used to have to like nick it from the restaurant because you couldn't get your own subscription. You had to get it yeah. from the restaurant or you would get, find the sous, you'd like look at the mail and you'd be like, oh, that's that's one of the sous chefs that don't work here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The magazine, yeah. Try Boy, to sign yeah. up to have it sent to your apartment, right? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> just, oh, but that man. was our only, that and Art Culinaire was our like. And oh. the New York Times every Wednesday was it. Like you had to do those things. Wow because it was just feeding your brain with so much information. So you're, you're at your app and then you move on to go work where next, where are you going? Where did you go to work with Josiah? Yeah. So, um, I was at giraffe, um, and Josiah and Roth opened a cafe called lemon moon. And um, it was a sort of lunch, brunch, um, daytime spot. And this was like my first real job, I, gu I guess I can say. Um, and so I was working the line there and there's a, there's a couple moments, right? Um, I just, I climbed up the team totem pole very quickly. I just, I, I love the idea of responsibility. I love the idea of being a high performer. And I learned very quickly that in that sort of environment of a kitchen, that that goes a long way, right? Like being responsible, like crossing the T's, dotting your eyes, sweating details, over, uh, over performing, right? Like I, I, I had all those things in spades, had, have. And, um, you know, and so... I remember specifically when opening, right? And and we were running, I was on the line and um, we were running service and like the expediters and Josiah's on the line and, um, and I'm just fucking banging Chris, just like a machine, like dialed. And everyone was like bigging me up. They're like, holy shit, this girl's like such a machine. And like, 
I just remember that feeling. It's like, I imagine how like amazing like athletes feel when they like are peak performing, you know, and like people are praising them for that or like you're inspiring other people for that. Like that's how I felt in that moment. I was like, I never want to not feel this. (laughs) And like, I could do this all day long. This is fun. It's challenging. It's hard. I'm sweating my ass off, but I love it. And, um, and I, and I remember that moment of like triumph in my heart and soul and felt it. And, um, you know, essentially, um, worked up to like Sue and then they opened a second location. And I opened that as a chef, uh, that second location. And then Josiah was like, I think you should come to Melise. And, uh, I'd kind of been, trying to soul search and think through like if that's what I wanted because I remember going into that kitchen when I didn't work there and um just seeing all the cooks like working their freaking asses off and like it was just a different type of kitchen that I hadn't seen you know I was probably what 18 19 at the time and like just it was all boys in the kitchen and like it's like I can never hang here could I I don't know. And I'd come like pick something up or whatever it was and go back to Lemon Moon and like, um, and then so I went there and I started on Entremet and then I went to Vion and um, I learned how to butcher every animal from game to, uh, to seafood, everything in the ocean, everything on land. And I learned how to properly cook and, and prep everything, every every single piece of pro like it was incredible I just felt like such a sponge and I was like I cannot get enough information I cannot learn how to cook every varietal of mushroom like perfectly like there's just not enough time in my lifetime like I just wanted to know everything and um and it and I loved it man and I I had three interns working for me on my one station you know and it was just it was just, I just felt so powerful. I loved it. I relished those. And that was before, you know, I was on the line with a chef, Brennan Collins, who um, worked for Marco Pierre White. And, um, you know, it was a different, it was a different kind of kitchen. It was like, (laughs) yeah, that's a different, that's a different, that's a different kitchen. (laughs) It was just, uh, you just show up, man, and you just had to perform. And and I, I'll never forget, I'll never forget this. And I thought, you know, again, to the point of setting new goals, right? There's like micro goals and there's big goals. And I remember, um, you know, going to Beyond Station and like hanging, like doing the things, crushing it. And then just game season came around and I went down. I went down so hard. And like, I remember he had to like bail me out because we had this like truffle party or something and like um it was all it was such it was like a four-day process for this game venison dish and like call fat and yeah you obviously the call fat itself it's like a three-day process it's just a lot and like um but he really all I have to say is like I remember he like bailed me out and one day he worked with me from like when I got in you know and then and to service through service and he's like and and at the end of it he was like you know that's how you need to work and I was like, okay, I got it, you know? And it was like, cool, get here four hours before my shift, <laughs> stay three hours after. <laughs> and like, 
you know, and just bang and, and, and be smart, right? Be smart about your meats and cloth and, and how you set up your stocks and all this stuff. But he really taught me how to cook Josiah and Brennan both and then Raphael and these guys, I would say, you know, were very much um, the foundation of, of um, my strength. You know, I think it takes a lot of um, wherewithal and resilience to be in these kitchens and just perform because like I had so much pride, man. Like on days when we were like a little bit slower, you know, I, I would I would pull my entire low boy apart and like pull down the spice racks and polish like kitchen like it was like my pennies on the line, you know, like I just wanted to be a valuable player. And um, I just think um, it's kind of like the army man or some sort of militant thing that I just loved about being on that ship with the crew, you know, and, um, and yeah, and I, and I, um, and so, yeah, so I went from giraffe to lemon moon to Melise and um, Roth, uh, Roth and, and Josiah, man, Josiah to me, um, he's very, I, I, I have so much admiration and respect for him. Um, I closed my restaurant in 2019, um, not knowing that the pandemic was right around the corner and um, I decided to do, go into the Boku store trials and he was the chef who basically led Team USA. Um, I got the call to, that was one of 16 chefs in the nation to be chosen to uh, have a shot at um, repping Team USA. And, you know, it's distilled down to three of us. So the three of us went to the semifinals and man, that had to be, the pinnacle of what it is, you know, the paper of setting up your station and drawing it out. Like it was, it, it graduated to Excel spreadsheets of minute 3.14, I am tourneying this turn up or whatever. And it takes me six seconds per, you know, it was like you at that point, you're an avatar of a very big grid system. And uh, I've essentially turned my apartment, um, into, you know, I, I measured out the diameters of the kitchen, built a makeshift kitchen. I had my Comey staying in my office. We moved down here from San Francisco and every day we'd wake up and go run and we would come back and train all day. And um, if I, I didn't have Josiah and Melise to work out and train, it, it, it you know, it would have, um, I'm just so grateful. Um, and I think that's the, one of the beautiful parts about our industry is like, yes, we are, you know, catering to the guests and all of this, but there's just such a beautiful underbelly that happens of nurturing um, within the chef community, you know, and um, it, it, it's been, it's been hard, you know, it's been brutal, it's been beautiful, it's been ugly, uh, it's been rewarding, it's been, it's been, it's been quite a, um, a fruitful life, you know, um, I can't, I, I'm definitely in this like scope now of like reflection. Cause it's like, I'm looking for what is my next set of goals? You know, those are the questions I'm asking myself now. Well, I think, you know, you've, and, and not only that, I mean, you did top chef. I remember your season. Right. And, and now was, you're, yeah. And now you're doing a whole other show where you're the mentor. You went from being the competitor to being the mentor and the teacher. How does that feel being in that two? Because you can see yourself, right? You can see yourself being judged and being in that role 
previously and then now being the one who's judging and guiding them at the same time it's it's hard isn't it are you kidding me it 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 is it is incredibly hard chris um i'd like to say that it's easy um uh, you know i think uh season 1 was like um i i honestly at some point you get to start judging food right it's just kind of the natural progression but for me it's like this is literally like it's a dream come true for me because I value mentorship so incredibly, right? It's not just I'm sitting at a table and you present your dish and it's like, I just got to sit back and like in my air conditioned room and now I get to taste your food. It's like, I get, I get how hard it is just to get that food on the plate, right? You've done cooking competitions. You, you know how hard it is to get your brain on the same track as your hands are moving in a designated amount of time in itself is a challenge and then you know there's a theme or whatever it is but there's so much at play so to be able to stand next to these amazing chefs chef you know and um and work next to them and to be a sound voice like I would have relished that when I was on the other side because sometimes in cooking competitions you just you just go like, it's just, it's, it's very hard. And right. So if you can be a voice of reason and say, you know, maybe you're not gonna, you know, put this beat with this, you know, delicate fish, you know, that might be more earthy. It might lend itself better to a red meat or whatever it is like, uh, you know, like just to give those little thought bubbles of information is, and, and it's up to the person, you know, to take it or not. But, um, it's like, um, it isn't, it is incredible. And it's so fucking hard, man, because when their dishes are not successful, I, I lose sleep at night. I lose sleep because I'm like, I, I, it's like, I feel like it's my competition. I'm like, I should have told them to render the fat more on this stuff. Like, and it's like, it's like, they it's it's I'm telling you dude and I'll be like with the producer and they they're like no you should (laughs) it's okay and I'm like no it's not okay you know and it's like you can lead a horse to water you can't force it to drink it's so hard man I literally I literally lose sleep over it I'm like I'll I'll, I go home and I replay the whole day and I'm like could have done this better I should have done that I wish you would have done this or she should have done that and it's like it's amazing I love it I'd rather be in this position of judging I, I love it this way because it's like, I still get to like be in the kitchen, which is where I'm the most comfortable and I can speak to food, you know, and I get to see the process from the beginning to at the table. And it's like, it's cool, you know, and it's like, and then there's a level of competitiveness between the judges, you know? So it's like, there's that, but um, it's just, it's, it, I will say the heart, these, they look at you with these like big wide eyes, like give me the answers. And it's like, part of me is like this nurture, you know, versus nature thing. Like, you know, it's like, you have to get out there and the only strong survive, but then it's also like, I got to nurture you too, you know, but I can't give you all the answers. Like you said, you can only lead the horse to water. So it's, it's, it's a lot to balance, man. It, it, it is fun as fuck though. It is so, it is so cool. It's crazy to see. I mean, you know, having, I have been on both sides of the, the board. You know, and it's, it's, you know, having done Top Chef Masters, having done Next Iron Chef season one, which was crazy to try to get 
that you're going for the win and to hear the results sometimes suck. But then, then to be on the other side, it almost sucks even more. Actually, no, it does suck more. Giving, yeah. giving the results sucks more. Yeah. It made me yeah. feel awful. Unless it was truly horrific. And there were moments where it was really bad. I'm yeah. sorry. There yeah. were moments that were really bad. And I was like, dude, you got to go. But yeah. the, And we all know that there are those moments. Sure. But yeah. there are also people have feelings. They're doing their best. And I think that's the biggest that's the hardest part for, for me. It is right. Like I want to see people succeed. I never want to see anybody fail. Right. You never want to see people fail. You never want to see people fail. And it's like, you always, you know, and it's like your, your goal, my goal, right. As a mentor, it's like, and, and chef is try to bring out that like tiger, right. Like it's like, what is on the other side of fear? Because like, it's already, it's already hard enough to walk in the kitchen and say, I'm going to do this that's so hard and and it's like you're already here and so like I can see it I can see in these chefs like what you know and what you don't know and it's like it's up to me to make them number one make them feel comfortable make them feel heard and seen and a lot of times you know what I say to them is just I, I do a lot of breath work with them I say like like let's breathe through this you know because it's like half of it, it's just like not being rushed right like yes you're in a time restraint but like let's think through this methodically like what can we truly achieve that is delicious in this 45 minutes or whatever it is i always <laughs> love that i always love it when somebody's like 45 minutes i'm making a foie gras tour shown no you're not please don't no, try you're not no, no you're not. not what they do anyway they go for it yeah exactly and you're like i can't help you like i don't <laughs> This is not a thing. Why did you think that was possible? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I've, I mean, we've all seen it. We've all yes. seen it. Yes, yes, yes. There yes. have been moments where I've been uh, judging and texting under the table to Tom. Yes. Like, yes. dude, no way. Yes, yes. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that on, on here. <laughs> uh, I got to spend some time with Tom in London um, two months ago and it, he... We went to Brat restaurant and it was so cool because it was the first time that I sat with him and had dinner. And like the only time I've ever sat with him was, or whatever, been, you know, mostly in the same room with him um, was when he was judging my food. So, ah, oh, we had an amazing conversation and he filleted the turbo just so beautifully, gave me the cheek. It was just, it was such a, such a moment, Chris. He is truly truly a brilliant man and is he not yeah yeah Um, he's a great friend a great chef and i think an amazing mentor to so many yeah you know if people are fortunate enough to spend time with him they realize how much of a teacher and how much he really does care about the success of others truly and i I think that's what's always been great about tom he's he's i'll never forget the first time as a young cook you're gonna laugh at this one Tom had a full head of hair. Um, sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Gramercy Tavern and I was yes. really, really green cook. I had just started working at Red Sage in DC. We, my uh, now wife, Tatiana and I went to, went to New York, sat down at craft and he came out in the dining room and talked to me. And I remember, 
you know, him, he said this and he's like, what grows together goes together. And it was part of this conversation we, we were having about what was on the plate because I was like, oh, I would have never figured this. And he said that and it just stuck. Mm. Boom. And it just, now I've looked at everything like that. Like, and it was such a pivotal, powerful moment for me as a really young cook. And, you know, we've become friends and, and, you know, I have so much respect. I can reach out to him and, and, but there's a lot of knowledge that he shares. He doesn't have to share that. He chooses to. And Truly. that is the true meaning of chef. A chef is a teacher. A chef is an educator. They not only teach their staff, but they teach their customers. It's a big very much, circle. Very much so. A hundred percent. And that's what makes it all work. The culture of the kitchen and how that translates to the dining room and, and how the guest ends up actually leaving. Absolutely. It's all an educational piece. So what is, what's next for you right now? So, I mean, you've got your, your TV shows, your, your, I've, I, there's so many things I can't even keep up with. To be really honest, you know, it's like, I'm like, what is she filming now? You're like, you're in the kitchen at Felix. What are you doing over there? Like <laughs> making pasta today. Who's, what are you filming now? Like, I can't keep up. And, and, yeah. I, and that to me is what's great though, because it's, it's all exciting and it's fun. And being a, you know, it's like, I'm a voyeur with Instagram. Now we have that luxury of seeing what people are doing, but we get only little tidbits. Right. And it makes you wonder, it creates two things. Actually, it creates FOMO, right. It creates excitement, right. And it creates wonder. And I think you're able to do that because you're giving just enough info out there to get everybody like, Oh, what's she up to next? Yes. Drunk coming. Is she got her own show coming? Is she judging here? What's that? Yes. Um, well, I mean, you know, you I think don't have to and... tell everybody anything either. If you want to tell me to pound sand, you can do that too. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No, well, I would say, you know, um, first of all, I will say, uh, this conversation has really just lit my soul on fire actually. Um, and so I think all of the things that I do and I choose to do as much as the things I say yes to. I do say, you know, no thank you to as well. So I will say, you know, as there are a few amazing opportunities, um, I'm really being intentional with um, where I'm spending my time, you know, and, and obviously that being our one sort of non-renewable resource, um, you know, being able to hang out in the kitchen at Felix and make pasta with Evan, you know, going to uh, go hang out with James Kent in New York and see, his restaurant crown shy, like this conversation, like I, you know, I, I couldn't have, I wish, you know, whatever. It's, it's not a wish thing, but if I could have told myself that nine-year-old girl who said that you wanted to have a restaurant, a plus one good and, and going through this life of, uh, you know, like just, just cook it, man. Just like nothing else really mattered to me in my life other than cooking and buying into that, this, this idea of what a chef is um, to today, right? And now feeling like, wow, this is an amazing, impeccable journey that I relish. And I, and I just want to be around chefs and talk to chefs. And, and, I, and I really respect the brain of these amazing humans. Um, like anything that involves that is what I want to do, right? So being able to go spend time in people's kitchens um, 
is is it brings joy to my heart right being able to hang out on sets with chefs and like mentor kids not kids you know they're adults but like mentor people and like share whatever knowledge I have you know I think mentorship is not a thing where it's like you're pointing a finger at someone and saying I know the best like I think a lot of times mentorship is also saying this didn't go right for me this is how you might want to approach this it's a sharing of knowledge you know so um I think anything that I do in the future is really going to be around these sort of pillars you know sharing knowledge um feeding my soul um I, and I would consider myself a chronic student of life. I, I'm learning and leaning into that. That's part of my DNA and how I operate in this world. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm seeing what fits for me. Um, there's a few opportunities I'm working on. Um, but yeah, um, Season two of Next Level Chefs coming out uh, early 2023 after the Super Bowl. So that's very exciting. I just came back from London shooting that, which was an incredible, incredible experience. Um, and yeah, a little bit of travel. I have a dinner in Jamaica in a couple of weeks. Um, just kind of bopping around, doing some dinners. I do a lot of private events for people here in LA and abroad. Um, and, you know, I don't, I, I, and then we'll see. Um, these are the same questions I'm asking myself. Um, and I'm doing a lot of soul searching on it. Honestly, I think for me in full transparency, Chris, like um, I think 2019 when I closed my restaurant, that was like the biggest growth year for me because I think I didn't, I didn't care for myself as much as I um, do now. I think, you know, so physical fitness, like health, these things are like, the most important things for me right now aside from my career and so I'm kind of like how do all those things like intersect you know those are like what what excites me you know and so um I want to find a way to like integrate the things that bring joy to me and so I think you know I've just been like noodling around for a lack of a better way to say that and just finally honestly honestly fi finally feeling like I have the bandwidth and headspace to kind of dream you know and, and so we'll see kind of what percolates from that. But, um, you know, a, a few projects I have, I, I opened a restaurant at LAX and at the Delta Terminal 3 um, airport uh, just last month. So that's doing very well. Um, so, you know, just kind of things, I think how I look at my, how I look at Naisha Arrington myself is like, I think it's like, there's a, a, a trunk, you know, and a root system and different branches that um, I can grow, you know, it doesn't only have to be a restaurant. I think, you know, when I first started out in this career, it was like chefs only have restaurants. Now it's like the food world has grown into so many other facets. So it's like, for me, I'm kind of like, what are those facets and what are the branches that I want to grow from my, like my, my, root system if that makes sense getting, yeah and I think you're 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 speaking the same language that I'm that I've been thinking too so yeah it's a very and interesting can, time for everybody you know it really is it really is yeah. but I think the way you're thinking about it is is really refreshing and and it's thoughtful to yourself which I think right you know when you look at the business that we're in it's not very considerate of ourselves 
for mm-mm, our mm-mm, mm-mm, It's very, um, we give nonstop till we don't have anything left to give. And um, don't get me wrong. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of what we do, but it does take its toll. Yeah, of course. You know, and, like, uh, it's absolutely. A it's a different time. Absolutely. So you want to play a game? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. There's no wrong answers. Okay, cool. Great. Because I'm really competitive. Uh, wow. No wrong answers. I like both, honestly. Okay. I'm a Libra. I'm going to say both <laughs> for all of them. No, I, I do. I enjoy both. I like a cold brew sometimes. And I mean, I have a wide variety of a tea selection here in my home. (laughs) (laughs) Yogurt or eggs? Yogurt or eggs? For breakfast. Eggs. Eggs. Hamburger, hot dog? Hamburger. Ketchup, mustard? Well, like, uh, actually, I want to refine my answer. If it's a hamburger, I will say hot dog. But if it's cheeseburger... It has some a cheese, shitty American cheese on it. It's a cheeseburger, but otherwise hot dog with diced raw onions, jalapeno, and yellow mustard. <laughs> no ketchup. Thank you no, very much. No ketchup. <laughs> you and Sang you can get along fine. Perfect. <laughs> Pasta or noodles? Um, aren't they the same? No. Um is a is a noodle a pasta? Well, I look at it as in two different ways, right? You have pasta, which is traditionally considered Italian, or you have noodles, which has such a large variation. There's rice noodles, right? There's yam noodles. There's ramen noodles. Fair. Similar, um, different. Okay. Same, same, but different. So Italian or asian uh, Wow. I'm going to say noodles. Ravioli or dumplings? Not the same thing. <laughs> Not the same thing. You, okay. don't, you don't steam ravioli. Mm, fair enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you do. But <laughs> I didn't say, like I said, there's no wrong answers. Fair enough. Okay. Dumplings. Dumplings. <laughs> I love playing this game because everybody looks at me. They think I'm nuts. Lobster or crab? Crab. Sea urchin caviar sea urchin nigiri sashimi um wow hmm i'm gonna say nigiri or sashimi that's hard i love both what's the fish where am i um i'm gonna say wow sashimi red wine white wine ah i'm a red girl i'll I'll drink red wine yeah dark beer light beer Dark beer or light beer? Yeah. Um, uh, light. <laughs> White spirits, brown spirits. Um, I'm gonna say no spirits. No, uh, I'll say a light spirit, not dark spirit. Uh, chocolate or fruit? Um, I I'm gonna say fruit, honestly. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I like chocolate, but like, yeah, I'm not a huge chocolate person. I do like chocolate though. Like I love a mango. Like I'll eat a mango over like having some chocolate nine times out of 10. 
I'm a fruit person. Always, always, always. I love fruit. I just can't help it. Yeah. I can't stop. Yeah. Um, favorite fast food. Uh, favorite fast food. I'm going to go with trusty old Taco Bell since I worked there. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Wow. Hard thing questions. Chef Chris Constantino. Am I saying your name correctly? Yeah. Okay. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. A food? Hmm. I'm going to say flaming hot Cheetos. That is definitely one. That is definitely. (laughs) And do you have a favorite candy? One that you can't say no to? Yeah. Toffee. Anything toffee, like salted things like that. Oh yeah, I will eat it every time. I just like like a really well-made toffee with like almonds in it. Yes. Brown rice, white rice. Um, wow. It's like, am I hmm, there's so many variables. There is. Uh there are, right? Like um I guess if I had uh, if I had to choose, I'm gonna say white <laughs> if i'm not trying to be like oh i'm eating this like macrobiotic bowl or something <laughs> you know what's funny is that the answers are so varying and so fun yeah. you know it's like there's people that don't drink there's people that don't do gluten there's people that yeah. don't do you know i don't eat fish i don't eat meat yeah. i don't and yeah. i'm just like you know the, the other one chicken or duck yeah you i know? like ducks yeah. I'm a duck person too. So it's just Love like, duck. it's just a really interesting, fun way to find out about a lot of people because it tells you a great deal. It's like, you know, what was the one that I got somebody on? I was shocked. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They're like, their guilty pleasure was like, they would go to two fast food restaurants and combine it together. And I was like, <laughs> like oh fries from one. And yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was like a fried chicken stuck inside a Burger King burger on top. Oh, like like, literally. I was like, what are you doing? That sounds so wrong. (laughs) You see, you hear it all. You hear it all. Well, so let's say you've got coming up after the Super Bowl is the next season of Next Level Chef, correct? Well, yes, but not only that. um, So yes, season two of Next Level Chef is airing directly after the Super Bowl are arguably like the best spot in television. And um, I also am a mentor on the UK season one, Next Level Chef, which is it's uh, in its first season coming up in January. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm excited for you and all the fun things you've got going on. And I really, really think you have a lot to inspire a lot of people with. So thank you very much for taking time. It's my pleasure, truly. This is um, this is this is what it's about, you know, just connectedness and being able to even just like reminisce and 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 talk to another chef, you know, someone like yourself, and you know, and to see you around at events and cook and hang, and it's it's really cool, man. So thank you for having me. Always, anytime. Bye. Bye.